Hey, everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at Length. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And this is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. Okay, so this episode is going to be one of our new ideas for a type of episode, which is a show-and-tell episode where Bob and I share stories of shows that we've uh, been a part of or developed and what we learn from those. Um, and the topic of this one is going to be a show I directed called The Elastic Time Canon, which I'm very excited to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this, too, um, because, I don't know, how we've known each other I would say about 10 years now, right? And well, there was yeah, a lot well, of cross- we, we just We just had a, a Facebook friendiversary, right? Well, yeah, yeah. That's. Do you remember how many years it was? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I think it's 10. It, it must be 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be 10. And a lot of the projects we worked on, there we've, we've had a lot of crossover. Like, there was a lot of pictures of you and me. And you, me, and Gary, there's a lot of crossover. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is one of the projects you... You've worked on. Uh, I wasn't any a part of, but it was a really great project. And I've been always curious, but we, we've never really talked about like the history or, you know, or like the concept itself. I, I've, I've seen the show. I love the show. I've, I've watched it many times. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah. And so the way that these episodes are going to go is that um, we'll start by giving a description of what the show is, and then we'll talk about the story behind how it came to be, the work that went into developing it, how the show run itself went, and the audience response and stuff like that, uh, and then the major takeaways, um, as well as if if we had to do the same show over again now, what would we keep the same and what would we do differently? So for starters, just to give an uh a show description on what the elastic time cannon is. Yeah, give me the elevator pitch. <laughs> so, so the tagline of it is a show that uh, ends the show, a show that begins, ends, and keeps going at the same time. Um, and uh, basically, it's a show that plays around with all these different concepts of manipulating time. Um. And things go forwards and backwards, and there's causal loops uh, and pendulum effects, and all all these thematics um, to the to a highly structured long form show um, that are centered around uh, manipulating and, and and bending the perception of time. <laughs> um, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so there, it's it's like there's like a five part show, and just to loosely describe the structure, it's it's like the uh, the opening um, group game. It's a large cast show. We had a, a cast of um, uh, eleven. I think twelve would have been including me. Um, the few times that I played, um, and the opening group game was a game that called Simon Eyes, uh, where one person from the group would step out and initiate what's supposed to be a two-person scene, gives the first line of dialogue. Second person um, would come out, but before they give a second line of dialogue, the first line would get repeated. The same delivery, the same physical movements and staging. Um, and once that first line's repeated, you add a second line of dialogue from the second person. And before you add a third line of dialogue, you repeat lines one and two verbatim, um, and so on and so forth, where before you add any lines of dialogue, you repeat what you already have. Um, and inevitably, this thing falls apart uh, as the group starts to tag in and um, switch themselves into the 
yeah. two character roles, and they keep the same scene going on this growing loop uh, on that pattern. And once mistakes are made, or uh, you start leaning into you know uh, ways of delivering the lines or whatever, it, it just uh, it, it intentionally at some point goes off the rails and uh, breaks into this big organic group game of uh, wherever it goes. Um, and that's just the opener. So that's one high concept, yeah. just opener of the show. Well, that's what I liked about the opener that like stuff like inflection and, you know, mistakes and or there would be moments where two people came up, you know, at the same time and started speaking at the same time. So there's always those cool interactions uh, and everything was respected and and it grew from there. So it would it, it, you can tell that was a polished uh, form. But because of its mechanics, mistakes were made because of the speed and just the interactions. And it, it made for a really interesting opener. Yeah, thank you. And, and I, I, I loved it. It's one, it's one of my favorite parts about the show is just uh, that that opening sort of um, it sets the tone of, of what to expect from right. the show. The rest of the show, for the most part, is um, three separate scenes that all stem off of the same uh, first line of dialogue um, and they, they uh, separate sets of characters and, and uh, separate context and everything like that, but they all use the same first line of dialogue. Um, and then it's, it's, it's like a ongoing mono scene uh, in real time with those three scenes um, until they eventually, the idea by the end of the show is that they come full circle um in act two, you jump back in time and then work your way. Each scene works its way back up to the same initial line of dialogue and all three scenes end on the line of dialogue that they started with. Uh, and then you do the, the opening game in reverse order with the same lines of dialogue being retracted one at a time all the way down to just repeating the same line of dialogue so over and over almost again. like an onion? Kind of, yeah, like an onion, but, but with dialogue yeah. and just stripping yeah. away one line of dialogue at a time, yeah. That's awesome. So... Let's start from the beginning, because I, I I would like to get to the point where we talk about your first rehearsal and you breaking it down to everybody and the look on their faces. But before <laughs> that, you had to initiate, like, how do you come up with this concept? Is this something based on, like, your forensics training or is this, like, a Frankenstein form that you you took, like, parts that you, you like from other forms? Because I do, when you were describing it, I, I can see what you're talking about in, in pieces of other forms that we do participate in so how does this start yeah so the backstory on it is that i in uh 2016 was planning to move uh out of detroit and initially my plan was to move to chicago and uh for a number of reasons it's just it, it didn't work out a, a job fell through my credit wasn't great enough to or or bank account to secure an apartment and um i ended up not being able to move uh, that year um and uh but i had already kind of like amped myself up to move and so when i when i didn't move and i was like okay I'll, I'll give it another try in a year um i was like if i'm gonna stay and be here another year then i need to not just sit still i need to figure out what my next challenge is so that i'm still growing and um I had really loved 
highly structured forms like uh, improvised Shakespeare. And um, also in Chicago at the Annoyance, there's a show called Trigger Happy, um, yeah. which uh, is highly structured. And there's like a verbal and physical cues that uh, trigger certain events amongst the cast. And I, I thought it was a really interesting um, next level concept for a, a way something to incorporate into an improv, a long form improv show. Um, and there's, there's other shows like that, but I, I basically was like, okay, what's my version of a show that is, um, that high concept equally as impressive as it is funny. Um, that's the bar that I wanted to go toward it. Um, and I wanted it to be something that you couldn't do without rehearsing. Um, and so at goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's that I was like, I, I, and, and then the, the other element was that, uh, there, there were all, in our group in Metro Detroit Improv, um, there's all these people that are on multiple troops that are basically different combinations of the same people and uh, the overcommitted people who, who are just like, I will say yes to every group and every show. Yeah. And um, I wanted to see if I could offer something that would take all of that uh, loose energy and take those people and put them into a show that demanded uh, most if not all of their energy creatively go into uh, making this one show as great as it can be. Um, but beyond that, I didn't have the concept or the, or the form laid out. I just had, uh, I decided to, to lead with three things that I wanted to work on or, or, or that I knew that I wanted to involve in a show. One of which was uh, repetition. Um, I loved opportunities in long form shows to just straight up repeat moments or scenes that it would happen uh, every so often. Uh, Pete and I have come up with uh, short form games that involved um, loops and, you know, uh, reverse dialogue and these different branch, you know, new choice pathways. Um, and so repetition was one of them. Uh, yeah. Clown. Really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Where, where does that come from? Like, what 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 is appealing about that to you? Like, where is that? How's that? Where how's that born? <laughs> I don't know. I, I and I think that's part of the reason that I wanted to uh, to dig into it more is is because I just it, it it feels like something that that is like has this magical quality to it that I'm not yeah sure that I that I can point to, and I wanted to explore it more. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I thought, I think, I think that it's just, it's funny. <laughs> no, it's great, yeah. And you know, you know what, maybe the, and this is something that I learned through the process of, of the show is that like, I love my, my like more recent, um, artistic statement for myself is that I love to create shows that, um, have the same positive side effects as, uh, mind expanding drugs, uh, to create like a psychedelic, uh, trippy experience in, in All a right. show. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that idea of repetition and absurdity just has that element to it in a, in a, in a unique, special way to me. That's amazing. And you nailed it. So great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I cut you off. The second part was, I'm sorry. Yeah, don't worry. I I cut you off twice. My bad. (laughs) And, and this show, uh, is so is such an exciting still uh, such an exciting concept to me that I I am right. gonna just like barrel through so please feel free to interrupt with questions because I you know I'll, otherwise I'll just go off the rails or uh, without without yielding. <laughs> um, I got you, buddy. No worries. <laughs> uh, the second 
element that I knew I wanted to incorporate was uh, this idea of clown and these like meta elements of um, audience engagement and uh, of of real moments. That was was the was the thing that I was really most fixated on is like being caught in a moment of oh shit or aha or discovery, however you want to think of it. Um, the real the experience that's happening to the real person when you r r try to get up on stage and, and your, your foot catches on the edge of the stage and you go, oops. Um, right. Th that's a real experience that happens in improv a lot that we uh, sometimes gloss over. Sometimes we make really great use of it um, as a gift. Um, but other times we just kind of move forward. And, and, and I think in the, in the world of clown, one of the things that's really special about it is that you want to, uh, capture these really authentic, real experiences that's happening to the real person and uh, magnify them and stretch them out as much as possible. So I wanted opportunities to do that, too, um, is, is how I'm applying the idea of clown in this case. Um, really and, quick. And, yeah. So uh, is this is this right after you get back from Chicago and you and Gary took the clowning class? Is that why I this is such uh, a big influence at this at this time or no that i think i think uh, that might have been it was probably more recently than, I, than i'm remembering it it might have been a year okay. or two uh because this would have been like like summer-ish like spring going into summer um that i started just the seeds of the elastic time cannon show and uh one or two summers before that is when gary and i went to chicago for a physical theater intensive um and so I don't know about the timing, but definitely that experience of going to, to a, a five day intensive of, of physical theater left me wanting more. One of the days uh, focus was clown. And that definitely uh, opened up a whole new world of possibilities for theater and improv and comedy for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, whenever it was that we did that intensive, I, I still haven't stopped looking for opportunities to find more and more of it. Uh, no, no. I, I remember when you guys got back. I, I wouldn't say it changed the way you played, uh, but it did emphasize some things, you know, like and, and a playfulness to it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that I playfulness. That. I, yeah. I, th I think I think that's what it really is, is that that particular sense of play on a meta level what's happening with the real person on stage, regardless of the context of, of, of it happening in the fictional world of the characters is what I wanted to explore in some way in the, in the show. The third thing, uh, which also has to do with that, that intensive, but, but is something that I've always loved um, since ever is, uh, is physicality. I just wanted more physicality in general, um, big group physicality and staging and movement to be incorporated into the show in a, in a more drastic way than most of what we're used to in, in my experience with, with improv. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we don't focus a lot on, like the, the big group movement, you know, we, we get a lot of lectures of, you know, be physical on stage, you know, do your object work. And, and I'm just talking about Detroit. Like, I don't, I don't remember really doing or focusing on, uh, let's, if, if we all get together, we can lift one of us, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I, is fun. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think there's much more focus on um, standalone scene work, which is a great thing right. and uh, character and um, less relationships emphasis and, on. Yeah, yeah uh, strong relationships, uh, even even game and, and like heightening 
who, what, where, th- those uh, scenic contextual things are more emphasized yep. in the Detroit community than the surrealism and abstract and organic group game kind of stuff um, uh, that you might see in, in other shows. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so, so that's a story of how it came to be that then, uh, going into it, um, what I, the, in developing it, the approach was to take those three things and, uh, figure out a list of exercises and games that uh, we already use or play, um, and start, start workshopping them with a group of people and uh, the cast was, um, I, I had just gotten, I had just finished coaching a, a troop called Future Kids, which was the uh, launch group or the um, kind of auditioned for up and coming improviser uh, house team that gets a year run. And, that, and that's once a year, um, you know, it's a big round of auditions, and then that team goes. Uh, yeah. who, there's eight people that get cast, and then go on for a year of weekly shows. I had the opportunity to to coach that group the year before, uh, and so that was the Future Kids, and I um, started by letting giving them the heads up because I uh, wanted to again keep keep growing, and I wanted to be able to. Uh, continue that shorthand that we had built with anyone that was interested in in taking on another big commitment of a of a show, um, but the difference, one of the major differences in the way that I approached this show as like a sort of independent um, project, uh, was to set the schedule first, and because I wanted it to be a show that had that impressive element and challenge element, um, and uh, just be a show that you had to rehearse. That was important to me to, to to set those goals first and be like, we're going to do yep. two rehearsals a week uh, and two hour sessions, um, and we're going to do that for ten weeks. Um, and really, we just rehearse as much as possible based on people's schedules uh, up until the goal of running the show, which was uh, in like late August. Um, and so, the, uh, about half of the eight person team from the future kids were able to do it and the people who weren't um unfortunately you know we just had to uh, make peace with that and be and be like man i'd love for you to be part of the show but if it's not doable it's not doable and uh no hard feelings and that's it and it's like that's it's such a difficult thing to do for people that you really really want to work with um but one of the by the end of this, the, the, one of the main takeaways is that how valuable that is to to lead with the schedule and the goals of what's necessary to make the show meet what it is, what it, it, to, for the show to get what it needs. Yes, especially in an overcommit cu- culture, you have to, hey, if you want to be a part of this, I would love for you to be a part of this. And just like you said, like, especially for two a day or two a weeks, like, I'm going to need you every time. You know, and like you said, this I've seen the form. You're going to have to rehearse this, you know, uh, to, to keep keep up. So, yeah, yeah. And and and, uh, and so so then once I had a, a handful, then I uh, again just looked at the people who were doing uh, probably too much with uh, across too many teams uh, that were really right. eager to um, artistically challenge themselves and uh, uh, put together a, a eleven person cast of those people. Um, and 
then uh, we, yeah, we started we started rehearsals once we had everything firmed up, and the uh, the the initial pitch that I gave to everyone was pretty much what I just outlined to you, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I was like, uh, there's a, th- my favorite book is a Kurt Vonnegut book um, called Sirens of Titan. And in that book, there's um, a this like rich millionaire or billionaire or whatever uh, who's caught in this um, sci-fi phenomenon called a chronosynclastic infundibulum. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you didn't want to use that th- for the title of your show?" <laughs> oh, I, oh, I did, Bob. I wanted to, I, I, and, I, and I was like, "So the working title of this show is um. the chronosynclastic infundibulum." We will probably find a, a more digestible, spellable right. name than that. But that is the working title of this uh, show. Uh, that and that's the sensation that I want to give is that you're in, you're caught in some sort of uh, yeah. uh, a cosmic time spiral. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I didn't. I never knew that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I always thought it was kind of a long title, like, but an appropriate title. And it, it really, I love titles that explain what you're about to see or, or give you like a heads up. Like you're, you're walking into something that plays with time. Awesome. You know, that's all I need to know. I don't need to, a full explanation, but you know, here's a heads up. And if you can see something interesting, uh, pay attention. It's going to get weird. Uh, totally. Yeah. So that's cool. And I actually, I have to give credit to PJ, uh, for nudging me to come up with a better title than than the ones that I had, because <laughs> as a group we also discussed a title and we kind of had like a, I would narrow down some options and then I would vote and I, we would also ask like friends of ours uh, just to kind of like blind not blind test but you know what I mean be like uh, what show are you more right, interested right. in seeing this one or this one, um, but uh, I presented the show title now we'll go later, um, yeah yeah. <laughs> Which is it's fine. It's cute, but it's and I was cute. yeah, and we were set on it. We were like, we love it, and I submitted it to PJ, and he was like, I, I think you can do better than that. Make it sound cooler, and and make it sound more of a of a spectacular think carnival or, or circus, and um, uh, and 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 get back to me, and he he, and then and then almost immediately, uh, because PJ and I sometimes will butt heads on a little nitpicky. Uh, things yep. of, of producing a show. Um, but almost immediately, and, and I, f- I feel like I almost uh, came up with it out of sarcasm, uh, but then I was like, oh, what about the elastic time cannon? And he was like, uh, we'll see. Let me know if you come up with anything else uh, afterward. And, <laughs> and, it, and, and and I never did. I was like, I was like after after a, a, sitting on it for a week, I yeah. think that's the best title of the show, and I think it's cool. And he agreed. Uh, I do think it's cool. I, I really thought it was going to be- I just had a flash in my head. I, I told him the title, and he loved it. But no, 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 that no, wouldn't no. Be the That wouldn't be the PJ I know. He was like, "That's better, <laughs> closer, might even be it." Get back to yeah. me in a week. <laughs> um, That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so so the, the then from there, and this is another really important uh, takeaway f- for the show development. In my experiences, is, is uh, I had those three elements that I wanted to work on and a list of exercises. Um, and then this group of, uh, excitable, super talented people to work with. Uh, and it really became a workshop with those improvisers 
um, to, to tinker with these different qualities and figure it out together. And, and, and it was uh, much more collaborative and less um, prescriptive than anything I had done previously. And I uh, thought that that was a really special quality of it as well as, is, um, one, everyone's willingness to try things and be go into uncomfortable, weird territory that might not work. Um, and also to uh, feel encouraged to uh, give input and ideas and uh, that that if they're willing to try anything that I come up with, yeah. that I'm willing to try anything that they come up with too. Cool. Uh, is that something you had to cultivate or is that something that was just, you just got lucky and that's how the, the troop was from the get? Uh, I think, I think a little bit of both because um, okay. the, the, pe- the combination of people that uh, ended up being the cast um, were friends, really comfortable with each other to begin yeah. with. Um, and, um, and also I are all people that I had worked with. So like trusted me too. Um, and then I, and then I, but also I did set the expectation that that's what we were going to do is that like, I'm not sure what this show is going to be. I know that these are the elements I want to work with. Um, but, and then, and then asked for that level of trust and, uh, willingness to try things. So, so that, that, but I think, I think it's, you, I, I would be hard pressed to do one without the other, I think. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, so, yeah, I, and then over the course of of uh, of, of building the show, uh, we just sort of narrowed down all these different things that we liked and whittled it down and, and started to kind of piece together um, a uh, a picture of how we wanted the form to flow, um, which was really great. And I remember, I remember like one story that sticks with me is is like uh we were doing like warm-ups and pattern games uh and very mathematical stuff because we were training our working memory and um it's it's a very interesting skill set to workshop by itself is just like tracking information and reordering information and i was coming up with all these really challenging ways to do that to push ourselves and um there were times when it would get really frustrating and, and understandably. And then I would be like, I'd be like, guys, remember, um, this is what we set out to do is challenge ourselves. And we knew that it would be frustrating at times. Um, but also remember that this is the point where a lot of people choose to ease up or, um, end up plateauing and, the more and and when you plateau, it becomes harder and harder to get back to a place where you can step outside your comfort zones and really challenge yourself in this way. So let's take advantage of this opportunity, and that really like helped people be like, okay, let's go for it. And then I remember um, Maggie uh, said to me after um, cl- closer to the end of the of the rehearsal process, she was like, uh, you know, we do day in the life where we interview an audience member. Um, and then, uh, uh, do an improvised recreation of, of their day. And, um, uh, she was like, I was never really good at like keeping track of information. Uh, it was either Maggie or Katie. I I can't remember, but, but somebody said that, that, uh, they were never good at that game before. Um, but found it much, much easier to remember like people's kids names and like what, what, you know, what they were saying they have for lunch or what their job is and coworkers and stuff. Uh, and then apply that in the, uh, improvised recreation of the day. And I was like, that's cool (laughs) that you can like working on new muscles. Yeah. Yeah. You can Uh, see, you can see the skill, uh, developing. 
Can I can I get an example of an exercise that you guys are using or? Um, yeah, yeah. So there's. If you uh, remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, Simon I was, was one of them. We did we did a. Uh, oh, okay. So so uh, we also did um, this game called uh, like a warm up called Frame Shift, where um, you would pass around a, a pattern of words. And then you would drop the oldest one um, and add a new one in in a pattern. So it'd be like if it was if we're keeping three uh, at all times, three three words in a pattern. It would be like uh, truck, car, plane, and then you would drop truck and keep car and plane, car and, plane. and then add pool, uh, and then go uh, car, plane, pool, and then drop. Uh, the oldest one, and then go plane, pool, swim, you know, and so so you're always, you're, and then you would do that with different numbers, um, and uh, and and also in different themes of of uh, patterns, um, but that was one that we would use as a warm up, and then we would do um, things like old dog, new tricks, where um, that's a short form game. Where uh, uh, three three pe- three players, two people are on stage doing a scene, and one person off stage. Uh, the two people doing the scene um, exchange lines of dialogue one at a time in a in a normal scene. Um, it's very short; it's like six or seven lines of dialogue, and then uh, the host would ring the bell, or whatever trigger uh, would make the off stage person tag in for one of the people on stage, the person who remains on stage repeats all of their lines of dialogue from the old scene that they just did and the person tagging in now adds new lines of dialogue in between uh the old lines to to recontextualize or manipulate whatever and um and we would we would we would do that game as as a as a a three-person game we would also do it as a as a line game we would also try to do it as like a uh, long form edit move mm-hmm. and try to just find different applications for it um, for the idea of like if you stay you, you repeat everything and if you join you add new things knowing that you might be the one to stay next and have to repeat everything that you you are adding as new wow that's awesome <laughs> yeah and I also have a hard time like even talking about it because I know I know how heady it is and um, I, I try to like find the best way to be clear about what the um, description of it is but that's part of the frustration that we would run into is is like what the fuck are we doing here <laughs> or, and, and sometimes it would just be a matter yeah. of like what what is the goal what is the can we get on the same page about what we're trying for uh, let alone whether or not it's going well <laughs> like uh, so <laughs> Yeah, th- th- those are a couple examples. That's awesome. So where we go from here? From here. So the, we so, what I got? We'll move to when when we when I launched the show. Um, yeah. Uh, the run was really great. Um, I was very excited about it, and so was the cast, and and they really just they crushed it, and um, I think that we really delivered on on what we set out to do, um, and. Uh, one of the things that I wish I had done is uh, celebrated the accomplishments of the show more in the, it was like an eight week run that we did. Um, and, uh, 
and eased up on the notes. I, I would still run backstage after the shows and kind of be like, awesome, awesome, right. awesome. Ooh, if we can just like tighten this or like, or like explore that more, like, ooh, you know, that, that one moment where like yeah. we almost got to that. Uh, and, and like, let's look for that next time. And, and it's just like, it can be deflating um, to right. work your ass off and do a great show. Um, and uh, I could feel uh, a couple times I, I I had to take my uh, I had to take a step back and just, and just be like I, I think I just ruined yeah. um, a really good post show hang well, with you do notes. the same hard notes to yourself though yeah so yeah yeah so I yeah, hope you yeah. take the same advice <laughs> I I yeah, yeah yeah I need to I need to learn to celebrate and just let let be what yeah. it is uh, and then wait to. Uh, move to the next stage of progress and criticism and whatever right. it is. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the show, I th- I th- one, a couple really fun things about the show run. Um, we had, we had a really structured intro as well and like theme music and light pulls and stuff. Uh, and, and the, the music we used was, uh, all electro swing. It's this, um, infusion between like, uh, uh, uh what do you call it? Glitch, glitch hop, uh, like electronic remix, no um, kind of. I feel so old right now. I have no idea what you're talking. It's about. it's just like it's it's like it's like um, it's 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 not quite EDM. Uh, Glitch hop is is like uh, just remix, kind of like electronic sounding okay. um, uh, music, and then it, it would infuse um, old school swing. Um, okay. And uh, so th- that's electro swing, and so it's like this. It was a fun idea of like, the, like time travel, something super fu- futuristic with something old school, and okay. um, th- we use that as in transitions and stuff. And so those those highly theatrical elements went over really well, and I think um, got the cast really excited to present the show. Um, and were some of the things that people commented on really, really liking after the show as audience. I, I know that there was a woman that came to see the show as a general audience. Um, and afterward I just asked her, uh, what she thought of the show. And she was like, I thought it was so great. And there were times when I was laughing and I didn't even know why. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, that's man. awesome. Thank you for sharing. That is probably one of the coolest compliments I've ever heard in my life. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and because there, like, there's really like three, group game elements of the show and they're like five minutes long mm. each max uh but they're they're super absurd and surreal and that's where that clown element comes in and uh mm. ca- kind of like controlled chaos uh comes into play and those are the moments that she was talking about the, bu- the bulk of the show still like a half hour's worth of the show was the scene work um but uh i, I think that that having those moments where you didn't quite know what was going on but we're still so entertaining are exactly what led me to be like it is like being on psychedelic drugs in a theater experience you know (laughs) just confusing you're laser zeppelin (laughs) all right that's cool yeah yeah. Uh, (laughs) um uh go ahead oh no where were you gonna go uh i was just gonna say um another one uh that uh stuck with me you know uh I, th- I think it might have been so- somebody told me afterward they were they were like, uh, you know, so and so walked out of the show and was like, didn't say they liked it or not, but said, well, that was a very James show. 
And um, <laughs> I would take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah. whatever it is. And, and we had a conversation with yeah. Jen Hansen about um, finding your voice and stuff. And it was one of those moments that like um, was like, you know, my, my, my hope is that it's not about pride or uh, uh, patting myself on the back for a show or whatever. But hearing that like, oh, it's a James show gives me a window into like, what am I doing? Like, like what is the out, what's the outside perspective of, of what these mm-hmm. types of shows have in common? And so, uh, if nothing else, it made me go cool. All right. Th- th- this is presenting something that is like in my voice. And that made me feel like I was on the right track to, uh, uh, yeah. getting the ideas in my head out in a, in a way that, that, that rings true to me. Okay. That's cool. Now, after this run, I know you've you've taken this, you've done this forum in other places, and you've done it with different casts. Uh, what was that experience like? Um, so, yeah, I, 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 when I got to New York, I really wanted to try doing the Elastic Time Canon here, and um, I. Ended up with a really great group of people, very talented improvisers who were also really willing and and intrigued to work on this kind of project. And I uh, was very lucky to have uh, people who are in in New York City for some dude that's just showing up and being like, I'm going to run a show. It's an an indie show. And like, uh, what's the theater scene like? (laughs) I don't even know what I'm doing in the landscape yet. And I'm like, can can you guys commit to this highly demanding show? And uh, people were willing. And we ended up doing like, oh, cool. I, I, I think, five weekends of rehearsals where we did like uh, five hour rehearsal sessions on like Saturday or Sunday um, from like 930 to 1 p.m. or something like that. And um, with a group of people that I didn't really know that well, uh, wow. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one thing to ask that from your friends, but <laughs> almost stranger. Yeah. Total strangers. That's, yeah. That's wild. Totally. Yeah. And of course, Julia was there and James Serini yeah. was with the cast uh, for oh, a stretch okay. as well. And so I had some familiarity. I knew Adam Payne from uh, Camp Utopia. Um, so I had the, like uh, a, a core team of, of uh, some people from home and then also like a thread of meeting people. But, um, yeah, I, 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 we, we did, my goal was like, can we, can we do 24 hours worth of rehearsal in six weeks? And, um, with the priority of it being full attendance, uh, more attendance as a, as opposed to more meetings. Um, and then we did, um, I was just building up to a, a, a one-off show, but I was like, let's try to pack the house and blah, blah, blah. And, um. I think that the big difference was that it was prescriptive, that I was um, uh, relying on my ability to take a show that already had a structure and hand it off and and teach it and just like kind of plug and chug the same thing. And that um, one, that uh, um, there's still more work to be done than just the objective form itself in the spirit of how to approach it and um, the possibilities of the more subjective elements um, those clown aspects and whatnot. Um, 
And I was also taking away the experience from that new cast of building a show as a committee and just instead kind of telling them what we did the last time and expecting them to take it on the same way this time. And I think I could have been more open to um, letting it grow in different ways uh, with a new cast um, yeah. and try, trying different um, adaptations. Oh, but cool. but we we did have a group that that was together for like uh, six or seven months and um, maybe even a little bit longer than that and we went to like the DC Improv Festival and um, we played out in uh, Philly um, and it was a really great experience like where we got to the show with that group was was uh, still really exciting. Um, I, I, I don't think it, it could stick because, one, I didn't have the resource of a theater where, that I could guarantee a weekly run. Um, and without that, I felt guilty asking for yeah. more commitment to rehearsals and to keep progressing the show from where we got to in uh, th that, that heavy upfront rehearsal process. And then to be like, OK, well, now let's still be, be doing it once a week. And it's like, what's the payoff if, if you're doing you know once a month shows and spending all this money in New York city to like rent space and um, everybody's got their different commitments and stuff. And so it, it kind of fell apart. And I, uh, you know, I'm very happy to have collaborated with the people that um, we did and uh, that I gave a run at it. But um, if I were to, the only thing I would change about the rehearsal process, the schedule of it is once we do get the show up on its feet after the initial rehearsal process, I think that the best way to keep a intensive rehearsal demanding show going um, long term is not to, to rehearse nonstop every week, but instead do like an eight weeks on, eight weeks off kind of approach. Um, and I think that, that that would make sense whether or not you have the resources uh, to have like free rehearsal space or if you're paying for it or whatever. It's I think it's, it can just be like really fatiguing um, to be constantly rehearsing a show. But I and I also think that like, you know, once a month upkeep is probably not enough. I think that you need to like go in chunks to tighten things up and, uh, you know, make progress if you're going to make progress or maintain the quality you're at um, in sprints and then take a big break and then come back for another rehearsal sprint that's how i would do it it's just it's it's tough with the additional of course yeah demands yeah. and limitations especially in this thing where we can't afford to pay anybody and you know it's it's all volunteer so yeah you, you gotta be respectful of their time and you know yeah yeah put a carrot at the end of the trail as yeah. they say oh, yeah <laughs> You know those people. <laughs> Where's the yeah. Where's the well, carrot? Do you have a carrot at the end of the trail? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't have a theater. It's of no right carrots. There. All trail. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally though. We're yeah. Uh, uh, Mike Mike one time phrased it as uh, building a staircase to nowhere. <laughs> pretty much. I, I like that one. I'm gonna steal that. Yeah. Uh, oh, now. If I remember correctly, I, didn't Doug uh, coach a, a troop uh, to do Elastic Time Cannon? Doug Doug kept the show going um, on a monthly basis after yeah. I, I moved um, and took over as director. And then um, uh, I think also started working with it as a shorter 
the, the show itself was a 45 minute show, 45 minutes to an right. hour. And um, I think he, he adapted it to be shorter, uh, more like 25 to 35 minutes. Um, and uh, kept a lot of the, the same cast, added some new people, um, and I think had some great successes with uh, doing that as well. Um, and then with Moon Monster, the uh, launch group house team that had yeah. its year, yearly run or one year run uh, that Doug coached, I think he, one of the last things that they did in their run was work on this form and the concepts uh, that came with it. Okay. Yeah, because I would, you know, like you said before, like this kind of form, you don't just learn to form and then jump into it. There's a lot of other skills that you have a, a lot of mental muscles you have to build up before you can just play. Um, so not, not just teaching someone the form, but, but also helping them or for lack of a better term, teaching them how to instruct the form is interesting. And I think Doug would, is a great choice because a lot of the things you describe, he does naturally like pattern play and stuff like that. I've, I, I have played uh old dog, new tricks with him and that's, crushes at that game so, yeah 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 um yeah so i i suppose uh you know we can uh, I, I can't remember where we're at with time on on this but uh the major takeaways for yeah. me on the show um i one, just the simplicity of using short form to develop long form was really exciting. Uh, I guess not simplicity, but like uh, that's that's a pretty simple takeaway. Um, but it, it sticks with me in a major way, which is if you're looking to build a show, that that workshop approach of like, let's start with these little pieces and, and elements that I like and just play around with them and uh, keep thinking of um, – different applications for them until we get inspired uh, for how it can fit into a bigger thread um, was really a big takeaway that I hadn't gotten from previous shows in the same way. Um, setting the schedule first is also a huge takeaway. I think that that moving forward and, and, and along with that is the idea that like I, I think as a director am more interested in developing shows than I am in working with teams. And it's not that I don't love teams and troops um, that, I think that's such an important part of improv culture is having a team and a troupe and the people that you play with and whether or not you have a highly structured form or you just kind of go out and montage and you, the people define the team. Um, I think that that's amazing. But what I'm working on and most interested in is building shows that, um, live in their own right and, uh, can have, rotating cast and uh, can be about a philosophy um, uh, as an umbrella to anyone that gets involved with it is it's an opportunity to um, serve a philosophy and uh, meet a challenge. Um, uh, so setting a schedule is the best way to accomplish that is like, I, and, and again, it was so hard to not work with some of the people that I did want to work with uh, in the first run of the show, but I think that it what did end up being necessary in order for us to get the greatest potential out of the show. Yeah, because it's a big commitment. But also, I think you did a fantastic job with casting because, as you said, there there you needed to work with people who trusted each other. And sometimes when you are asked to coach, that's not always the case. So you kind of flipping that over and picking who you are casting, even though it is already like. 50% of it is already a form troop. That's still, you know, 
it's still important that you kind of pick your own people when you are asking for a specific want, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I, I think, uh, I mean, in terms of some of the stuff that I would have done same or differently, one thing, I think that's the way I had to do it is to, is to hand select people. Right. I think that that's just the culture that we, that we were operating out on the time in Metro Detroit. And it's, it, it is a lot of the way that a lot of theaters, uh, that I've interacted with have, uh, run things. Uh, and it makes sense. It's, it's like, there's so, you know, there's not always as much institutional structure as, as, uh, you might want in improv. Right. Um, and when there is, sometimes it's to the detriment of, uh, creating really cool stuff. Um, so that's yeah. one way to do it. I think if I, if I were to do it again, I would, uh, want to find a way to, to hold auditions and, uh, like a workshop audition where we would like run the workshop of some of the exercises and, um, uh, but but give people an opportunity to, to get involved uh, and see what yeah. happens with the because again if it's not about the people um, as much as a as a indie team is um, and I'm setting the schedule first to serve the show um, I should also put out a open call for uh, anyone who can get involved and potentially be the one to help the show most. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. And it would I, be I like nice. How, yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice if, if we had the resources to always audition. Um, unfortunately, we don't always have that yeah, available. Uh, and I yeah. wish we did because because you do. Like you said at, at the beginning of this interview, um, there's a lot of at least I'm only speaking for Detroit. Uh, and uh, but I've seen this, you know, in, in different festivals. So going to different cities, uh, there are so many troops that are. The same five people plus one or minus one. Yeah. So even just the opportunity to mix that up so the the individuals can grow would be nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so. and I think that that is also part of um, like a side effect that I didn't really think about or in, uh, go in. Maybe maybe I did have some of this in mind, but but the the show kind of like demonstrated a proof of concept that like if you if you that that one um, a lot there are people that are eager to be challenged artistically yes. in improv and improv can a lot of the time feel like a kind of loosey goosey chill, um, art form, but especially in burgeoning communities, uh, that are having that happen of, of like all this loose energy and, and whatnot, like you can be a lightning rod to be like, okay, let's see how far we can take that, uh, uh, a willingness and interest in, challenge and uh elevating your goals um and and the and the side effect of that too is is that when when we launched the show that there were people like students and um other performers in the community that uh were like wow that really raised the bar for me or like um got me excited and inspired to do something similar or um or whatever it is it, it was this nice right. side effect of like oh wow it it can put out a challenge to the community too of, of like, of like, Oh, what about this? Um, and right. spark something in other people, um, as well. Well, you said something really interesting earlier about, you know, you get to a point in rehearsals, if something becomes hard and everybody's not getting it, or is this like, you know, we, we have tempted this 10 or 15 times and it's just not working that we should give it up. And rather than leaning into the wind, 
we just stand still, let it blow us over. And then we kind of just relax on our laurels. Um, I, I do like the concept of like, I want to do this because it's hard rather avoid the difficulties and the uncomfortableness of, of the creation creative process. Yeah. So. And I think that that's so for, uh, important is, is, is the challenge. And, and even like built into the show was, was this idea that like the, the thing that we're hoping to do to execute, which is impressive, uh, uh, this, uh, higher skill level of, um, the working memory and being able to repeat lines on that sort of pattern. Um, the, it's it's designed in such a way where you know it's going to fall apart no matter how good you get at it. Um, there there's a limit, a human limit to how perfectly you can execute it. And we were also leaning into right. that. And I think that that's a metaphor for people's personal paths and for the goals of a of a show too. Is is like it's not about being perfect. It's about getting better and about challenging yourself yeah. to grow. There's no there's no end destination. It is a lifelong thing that <laughs> that, well, that you do. Well it's almost a catch twenty two. If you do do it perfect, then you're not doing it fast enough or you're not pushing yourself if you yeah if, yeah <laughs> or you so, add another rule you're like like yeah okay, i I, I got it done yeah. <laughs> like yeah um yeah and i guess the last the last last thing that i would say because i think it's the uh the kind of um trade-off of of all that is that uh, i i would in doing it again make sure to celebrate the success and accomplishments of the yeah. show better People are working very, very hard on those types of projects that that involve the degree of challenge, and uh, you have to take time to just revel in um, the uh, meat rising to the challenge and being like, "Wow, nobody, nobody, we we are not doing this for money. We are not doing this for fame. Yes. We are not doing this for anything else than our personal desire to challenge ourselves and grow and be creative." and and we did what we set out to do, and I think that that deserves uh, much more um, uh, time to celebrate uh, than I gave it in in either run of the Detroit or the New York iteration. So uh, I think that's important too, and something that I'm working on as a director. It's awesome. It's awesome. That that is. Uh, the elastic time cannon and uh yeah thanks for thanks for letting me uh rail off on it is rail off no, a no, this is, yeah <laughs> yeah if you rail off uh hopefully at the end there's a carrot yeah, on that yeah. path <laughs> so cool uh, <laughs> no this is a good talk this I, like i was always very interested in this and i don't think we just had, had the opportunity because most of the time we're talking about what we're going to do before the show or after so it's great that's it for this episode and we'll catch you next time on improv faq 